Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Sorry. (laughs) Amen. Tonight's just a foundation um, about future sermons on miracles. And so I pray that just God's word just, it just raises the bar of your faith, basically that God would do that. I just pray that the the powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit would just dig right into you. Because this is about you. Amen. This is about you and God doing some powerful things. Amen. Last night, I I get on YouTube and then I I click this button. It shows it on my TV. It's pretty cool. I'm not very technical, but it goes from my iPad, goes to the TV and the it's Lester Summerall, which you probably don't know. Uh, preacher from, yeah, <clears throat> born 19-something, died in 1996, I believe. I met him, and uh, I just had to shake his hand. <clears throat> you say, why'd you have to shake his hand? Because this man shook hands with Smith Wigglesworth, and Smith Wigglesworth laid hands on him and prayed for him many times. When he was over in England, Lester Summerall was over in England, as he traveled the world, he spent um, quite a few times, I think he had at least eight, nine, or ten meetings with Smith Wigglesworth at his house personally. And he listened to him pray and read. And Smith Wigglesworth, you got to talk, a great man of God, powerful man of God. And he's just like you and I. What do you do for work, bro? What do you do for work? You're at Amazon? Amen? Amen, amen. So here's Smith Wigglesworth, great, powerful man, one of God's generals, and he was a plumber. He was a plumber. He met his wife. His wife was the preacher in the Salvation Army. Now, if we go back to the early days of the Salvation Army, I don't, whatever they do now is great, I know. But when they were called the Salvation Army... That's what they did. It was a salvation, and she was the preacher. And he'd go and just help out and do food and hand out flyers. And He was a plumber. And then <laughs> he went to a meeting and got filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can't come to this church and sit here. Everybody's filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Everybody, right? I, I mean, you absolutely have to be. So back then, you know, the churches in England, you know, some were just kind of dormant, you know. But he went to a meeting, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the rest is history. Because you got to study and read about what Smith Wigglesworth did, and he was an odd character. You see, I'm, I'm kind of old school. When I read and study these guys, how, like I have done for 40 years, I am, my faith is stirred. Just because they did this, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, I don't care. It was powerful. Because he was a rough guy. They would come up to a healing line. And Lester said he was, he was rough. One guy had like stage four cancer, and the doctor came to him and said, this guy's about to die. It's almost a waste of time to bring him. 
And, you know, Smith said, what's wrong with you? You know, I can't say it how he said it. <laughs> but anyway, he was pretty rough. You know, he said, yeah, what's wrong with you, bro? You know, it's like just, and he cancered all in here. Boom, so he hits him in the stomach. The guy falls back, and the doctor said, you just killed him. He's dead. Smith Wigglesworth goes down the line, starts praying. A little while later, the guy gets up, comes running down. He's healed, he's healed. And Smith is praying. He goes, oh, that's great. Go sit down. I mean, it was no big deal. Preachers on TV, you know, if that happened, they would be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? They would sensationalize it. You know what I mean? He just went on to the next person. And Lester Summerall spent time with this man, and it just raises the bar of faith. So do your homework on God's generals. John G. Lake, A.A. Allen, Catherine Coleman, it would blow your mind. Because real churches, A. Allen, functioned in the 50s. Real churches were already integrated. There was no white church, black church. His church, he had white people, black people, brown people. His song leader was black back in the 50s. Was black. And so, A. Allen, you got to research these guys, because I'm telling you, if you research it, it's going to stir your faith. It's going to stir you up. When you look at a guy, when you look at a preacher, R.W. Schombach, and R.W. Schombach was so vitalized, was so enamored with seeing one miracle, he preached the next 50 years. I mean, it was just electric through him. He would never forget that one miracle he saw at an A. Allen meeting. A baby with 27 major diseases. YouTube it. Look it up. You have to because that was through your faith. A baby with 27 major diseases and to hear and to see what happened to that baby electrified him. He just went on. I mean, he just, he just went on and just, and, be, and was a great preacher overseeing one miracle. Do your homework. But besides that, I mean, in John 14, 12, and 14, do, do, I mean, when you read the Word of God, are you really taking it to heart? This is the challenge. I tell you the truth, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, that's why it goes out to you. Don't just sit here, oh, I'm just sitting at the back. No. <laughs> because whoever believes in me will do the same things that I do. Now, how powerful is that to you? Th that's powerful to me. I just don't say, oh, here's the word of God. Okay, well, pfft. no, that's powerful, and that's going to you. <laughs> I know, I just <laughs> lost my mind. My wife said, did you hit yourself in the head? Man, I'm not even doing my glasses. Did my eyes get healed? I'm not even using my glasses. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I use bigger font, size 16 or something. No. <laughs> So he says, greater things, <clears throat> those who believe in me will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father, they will do greater things because all believers, not just, this is the expanded Bible version, not just Jesus will have the Holy Spirit living in them and empowering them. Do you hear what he said? They will do greater things because all believers, is that you? All believers, not just Jesus, will have the Holy Spirit living in them and empowering them. 
And then Jesus says, if you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. That is amplified by, I mean, that's huge. That's huge, but it's amplified by John 21, 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did. If they, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. What's that saying? Wow. We know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, Jesus did this and Jesus did that. And they're, they're writing it down, right? But he says he did many other things that even not enough books. Amen? Now, that's powerful. And then Jesus says, well, that's what we're going to do. And that's what God expects. <clears throat> oh, man. I tell you, I've, <clears throat> I've been to the doctor. It's drainage thing. But tonight, I'm preaching to myself and at me. So if anything falls your way, well, glory. <clears throat> I'm so vexed because pastor says, preach what's on your heart. But this has been for months now that our, our world is so desperate. God, I mean, we need miracles. I mean, it, it just, it's just in everything and everywhere you look, we need miracles. Amen. And, and a beautiful thing is Jesus did not have to advertise. He didn't print flyers. Hey, Jesus is coming to town. <clears throat> no, you know what the Bible says, right? The word spread. And that's kind of cool. That really is. And hey, you know, here's the power of God, and God's doing this, and, and they just start coming in. We know when 9-11 uh, uh, happened, churches were filled because of Oh, wow, man, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? But it'd be nice when they're filled when, oh, wow, the power of God is doing this. Now, I like that even better. Amen. <laughs> Jesus. I, mean, I want to go to heaven anyway. Amen. <laughs> but see, not only reading about this and, 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 and studying other preachers, I've seen miracles. Pastor Harry Hills, he's in Kingman. <laughs> he's preaching, and he goes, has anybody ever seen a miracle? And I'm sitting there going, oh, in unbelief, like, oh, Lord, what's he going to do now? You know, we're like his, his right-hand henchmen and stuff, you know, like, oh, no. <laughs> has anybody seen a miracle? So people have short legs, wear them platform things, um, extra thick shoot. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. One thin soul, one thick soul, because they got legs short. So he goes, has anybody ever seen a miracle? And I'm just sitting there in so much faith, like, oh, Jesus, if it doesn't happen, you know. So he brings this guy up, and the guy's leg grew out about three inches. And I'm sitting there going, oh, Lord, if this doesn't happen. He already told the people, if they've never seen a miracle, to come up and watch it. And I'm sitting there in so much faith. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, my God, what if it does So I've seen that miracle. But you've heard me testify before that at 16 years old, I'm riding my bike. I'm in a car accident. I get hit by a car. And my wife says, that's what happened. I know they hit your back, but you landed on your head. Yeah, I know, baby. I'm sorry. But anyway. So, <clears throat> but I just started to get recommitted to 
I mean, Live for God and Calvary Chapel and all the Jesus music and all that. It was pretty cool. And we're sitting there at a Monday night Bible study. And this is what's powerful. This is something I tell you that I can never forget and I'll never stop telling anybody about. We're at a Monday night Bible study. Greg Laurie, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's got long hair. He's like a hippie. He's got blue jeans on and a t-shirt. Can you imagine that? Blue jeans on a t-shirt preaching? Well, no, it's a Bible study. So we're just doing a Bible study and there's Greg Laurie and he's got long hair and he's a cool guy. Anyway, so I'm sitting right about, I'm right about out there, about eight rows. And then he stops and he says, I just think God wants to start healing people. We're at a Bible study. You understand? We're at a Bible study. But the Holy Spirit's falling, and on him, but see, it went to him. I wasn't feeling it. But it came to the man of God, and he said, I think God just wants to start healing people. He did not have a prayer line. He just says, so if you're out there, just believe God for where you need to be healed. I was hurt. And when I stood up and the Holy Spirit went through me three times, when I stood up and the power of the Holy Spirit went through me three times and my back was completely healed, what am I supposed to tell you? What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to believe for? What am I supposed to expect? I mean, we, we drive for a living. And there's this homeless guy to see somebody that probably hasn't had a shower or bathed in five years. Black. He's white. His skin is black. He has no shoes. I went home one time, grabbed shoes. I came back. I says, I mean, I told him he disappeared off the planet. I've got extra shoes. But I look at this guy, and I'm vexed because I see somebody in such need. I see crippled people. And I just want to say, God, he, I want to see him get healed. Amen? A co-worker comes up. We're at the airport. Sometimes we, we're standing around at the airport. And uh, you went there. He comes, I don't know this guy. And he goes, he comes up to me. He goes, I heard you're a Christian or a preacher or something like that. I go, yeah, man, born again. Yeah, amen, you know. And we start talking and just start sharing. And I tell you what, because you got the power of God in your life, people are just going to open up and tell you their whole life. They, they really, they, they will. It's just going to, I don't tell me how it happens. It just, it's just because I don't, it's the real thing. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, they're going to tell you something and gossip. All that. They're just going to open up their whole life to you. And so he's sharing with me about he's going to church and, you know, things are so-so and, you know, and, and I'm saying things. He goes, yeah, I feel convicted. Uh, that's good. That's good if you feel convicted. Amen. That's time to get things right. So, anyway, and so I'm saying a few things to help him out. But then he says, he says, you know, my, my daughter, uh, man, she's, she's 12 years old. She's cutting herself. All the media things. She's questioning her gender. And he says, I've lived life as a hellion for years because he's older now. But he says, I'm right with God now, but the devastation on my kids my son's a mess. My daughter's cutting her. She's 12 years old. Weren't we still just running around playing? Yeah, later on years we could have problems, but at 12 years old? At 12 years old. Cutting herself. She, she, uh, a couple weeks ago, went to the, he, sent me, he told me she went to a mental hospital. 
and then as he's talking to me, he says, I went to the pastors at church, and, and uh, I says, what can we do? And then they said, oh, well, we don't know. We don't know. Of course a preacher knows what to do. I says, look, it's always prayer. And this is, this, is not, this is not no revelation. There's only two things I could tell him. There's always prayer. But I says, what you do do is you go into that room and you pray in that room, anoint that room, go to the pillow, put some oil on it, anointing oil. And if you don't believe in that, that's great. But that's what you do. And that's what his pastor should have told him. Okay, there's nothing else to do. I get it. But at least do that. Because that's where you start. You have to, this is, this is two plus two equals four. And, and they don't know what to do. It's because they don't believe in the power of God. They've gone to, they're a good church. They're a solid word church. I get it. But man, when you've just left the power of God, I, I, I just, you know what I mean? Five out of seven churches and revelations are rebuked. And God says, what? I'll take that candle and holy stick. Right, sister? Bloom? God will take that candlestick. God will take that candlestick. Who wants it? What's the name of your church? Oh, Green River Church. Here you go. I don't care what the name of your church is. You know, you could be the, uh, what, the Firehouse Church? I mean, there's a lot of different names. Do you want that candlestick? I mean, it's as simple as that. I was so vexed when he said that. I says, bro, I mean, there's no revelations here, but this is where you start. Starts with prayer, ends with prayer, anointing, get some anointing in that room when she lays her head on that pillow at night, and to see something powerful happen. I just so vexed by unbelief in the church. Of course, I've been there. I've sat there. Think about all the unanswered prayers. Do we need miracles? <laughs> We've got unanswered prayers. Imagine just so many start getting answered. I mean, won't we just be stomping and shouting at the top of our lungs that God is doing this every week? Pastor gets a report, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. That's my expectations. That is, that's my expectations. Acts 1 8, we know you shall receive power. You shall receive, every one of you shall receive power. And people are just like, wow, okay. The Greek word deutimus, we know that. Strength, power, ability. You got to look up the Greek word. You got to look up the definitions. So it says strength, power, ability, inherent power, power residing. So the definition of inherent. I go, what's inherent? Do you know what inherent is? I don't know what inherent is. Go to your dictionary, you future preachers. Look it up. The definition of inherent existing in someone or something as permanent and in and an inseparable element, quality, or attribute. Inseparable element. <laughs> man, God gives you that, man. It's, 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 it's in the story. It's there. Matthew 13, 55. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not? 
is not his mother called Mary? And his brother James and Joseph, Simon and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? Wow. That's talking about you. Amazon, truck driver, where did he get all these things? I, I mean, where did he? Well, amen. God, God's passing it out to everybody. They all got filled with the Holy Spirit. So thankful to God that everybody, 120 room, 100, they all in the upper room got filled. And it wasn't just, well, Joe got filled and Betty got filled and Jose, sorry, bro, you didn't get filled. And, but they all got filled. Oh, Victor, definitely, you're not, no. Victor, you're not in the list, bro. Sorry. Because <laughs> you talk about this stuff. <laughs> My wife and I, we've been to those groups. They're offended when you talk. This is sensationalism. I don't even know what the, you know what I mean? This is, you know what I'm saying? They're offended by this. Because you're so, oh, you're so, and, and I go, yeah, we do roll around at the church, and I do foam, but, you know, I've got napkins, and I wipe it off real quick, and, you know, I mean, it's all good. They were so offended, the Greek word, scandalizo. I thought, man, is that the, well, we got scandalous? <laughs> they were so offended. There were people who are offended by Pentecostal Holy Ghost power. What a tragedy that is. Total tragic. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. Now, he did not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. Look up mighty works. What's the word? Greek word? Deutimus, power. Same word. You shall receive power. Mighty works, same word. Deutimus, power. There's a theme here. You got to look up the words. Because in John chapter 11, the word miracles is not dunamis. They came to the Pharisees and they said, oh man, he's done all these things. And Pharisees, yeah, he's done all these things. What can we do? What do we? For this man does many miracles. And in the New King James, it says many signs. So it's a little bit different. But the signs mean you look up signs. Miracles and wonders by which God authenticates the men sent by him. Am I authenticated? Are you authenticated? Are we seeing what God wants to see in and through our life? I feel blessed as somebody who come up to me at work and say, man, are you a Christian or something or whatever, you know, whatever you are, what? And we start talking. You know what I mean? And we start talking. Mark chapter 9, 38 through 40. And John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he doesn't follow us. And we forbade him because he didn't follow us. And Jesus said, don't forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is for us. And that word miracle again is dunamis. So here, that same Greek word for mighty works, dunamis. Power, dunamis. Miracles, dunamis. To summarize all this, I guess it's saying, where you saw these things, it was powerful. Powerful. And you know, we all need it, don't we? 
some power because power's power's good. So I get vexed when I see so many needs, and we need so much power to overcome these things. We need God to see so many things. I was I felt like in Second Kings chapter two, you you can read about Elisha. He's a servant of the man of God, Elijah. And it's like the sons of the prophets were mocking him, saying, yeah, you know the Lord's going to take your master away. You know he's going to, you know, and as soon as he's gone, you're toast. And so they're, they're, they're like mocking him, you know. And, and, uh, and so <clears throat> they go, you read the story. <clears throat> and uh, Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. That's kind of like, I could be in a place where nothing's going on in my life, but I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging around. You could be, sit, you could be sitting there lifeless, spiritless, whateverless. Keep hanging around. Because he could have left. And what if he did? So it goes on to say, so the two of them went on. And the 50 men of the sons of prophets went and stood facing at a distance. And while the two of them stood by the Jordan, Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water. It was divided this way and that. So the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elijah, ask, what may I do for you? See, this is a moment. And this is where we're getting to. We're, we're coming to a moment, the defining moment. And you have to be sitting there like Elisha. You don't, you're not just sitting in that seat. You have to, you have to be sitting there with the, men, with, with the heart and the passion. You're sitting there like Elisha saying, okay, God, you know, Elisha, God's going to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What are you going to accomplish for God? And Elisha asked Elisha, where do we go here? Yeah. There it is. No. And so... He asked, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. I thought it was just chariots of fire. It was horses of fire. Wow. Now, see, before I got saved... And we're taking LSD and smoking pot, and we read the Bible. We're like, we're tripping like, oh, man, I just knew there was aliens, man. Did you read this, man? You know what I mean? You never read the Bible before you got saved and, like, be tripping? That was only me? Okay, it was only me. I was tripping. I just, I was, I took trips and never left the farm, but, hey, I was tripping. Anyway. <laughs> so he's taken up in a whirlwind. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took a hold of his own clothes, tore him into pieces, he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen on him. See, that's, that's what we're getting at. It's going to fall on you. You're hanging around. It's going to fall on you. It's coming. And so then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen. Now the mantle was like a cloak. It's called a cloak, okay? Elijah went home in his birthday suit or whatever. So anyway, and he took the uh, mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. He struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And that's what I feel like right now. 
and so many miracles needed. Where is the Lord God of all? That's how I feel. I mean, you really, honestly, we're sitting there, and we, we need miracles in our lives, and we're sitting there, but we're saying, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Have you ever said that, or is it just me? You know, my wife says, I'm praying for this, this, and this, and man, it's been years. It's been years. Uh, I'm praying for the same person, and it's been years, and you, and you think, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Come on, this is getting real now, amen? Where is? And so... <clears throat> Where's Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided, and Elisha crossed over. Now the 50 sons of the prophets that mocked him. Well, and when the sons of the prophets, which view, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. And they came to him and bowed themselves. And they saw the power of God. And I know people in this world that mock us now, they will bow when they see the power of God. The 50 sons of the prophets, they're mocking him. Oh, yeah, your God's alive, you know, like I've testified before. We're tithers and givers, and we went through rough spots, and, and our, you know, and our relatives that were just whatever, like, oh, you serve God, and, and this is what's happening to your life? Oh, well, it was a rough patch, but that's all they had to say, right? They're just mocking God, like, oh, we're going through a rough time, you know, and and left here and lost a job here and did this. Oh, well, it was a rough time. And the world loves to step in and start mocking. Because you're a Christian? Yeah, they thought it was done for Elijah. They just couldn't wait. But when they saw, and the most beautiful thing is, you know, when, we, when the trumpet blows, we go out on top. People will see. Before that trumpet blows, they're going to see. Great things are going to happen. So as December 1st, 2021, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Matthew 17 says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He is epileptic and suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often in the water, so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Boy, that's on us, isn't it? Because this is you and I in this story, and that's why this is on me and it's on you, because this is you and I right now. And then, so I brought him to your disciples, they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse. Sermon's over. <laughs> Almost. We are ending. We went to a Bible conference one time, and, and all the preachers are there. And the head guy stands up. He says, who do you think you are? Do you think you're like this great preacher is going to preach 45 minutes to an hour? He says, Billy Graham preached 30 minutes, 35 minutes. And are you better than Billy Graham? So, okay. <laughs> anyway, that was a Bible conference. Anyway. Oh, no, and there's one guy in Kansas City. What? He, what? Pastor Kelly Lorkey preaches like up to two hours? and Whoa. Okay, well, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> and that word perverse means, look it up, to distort, turn aside, to oppose. So actually not seeing the power of God, the disciples were opposing it, opposing the plan of God, distorting, turning aside. That's what perverse means. Now, that's a strong statement to you and I. 
as disciples, isn't it? Jesus expecting this to happen, and yet we are turning aside from the right path. He says, how how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. The child was cured that very hour. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, that's us. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, real tiny, you'll say to this mountain, be removed, and it'll be gone. Nothing will be impossible. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Boy, that's, that's more on us, right? Desiring, I'm, 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 I'm going to the bottom of the sermon, and, and, and anyway. But desiring, I just... The, the passion of the sermon that going out to you is that you really just, I wrote, first wrote down desiring the total will of God in your life, but, it, it, but more it's, it's seeking that anointing, seeking that, being that person. You've heard Diga Hernandez preach how it, he's what, 12 years old or something? Locked himself, 11, he locked himself in that room. I'm not leaving there. And let's, okay, he got down and serious. So this church could use five more digas, ten more. Why not? Why not? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And you women, you know, you're at Safeway, you're at Vaughn's, walking down, and, and something happens, and somebody needs to be prayed for and healing. That's you. I'll never forget, we were visiting some friends that go to this other church, and it's, 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 what, it's okay, it's whatever. I don't even know what to say to that. They're nice people. We're visiting with them. And then she shockingly said, because they just go to where the Holy Spirit doesn't, it, whatever. It's in the basement or something. I don't know. But she goes, a guy came to my house, was working at my house. He's either the electrician or the plumber. And he said to me, and this is the wife, he's saying to her, you, you, you have a gift. You, you have an anointing, and, and God's going to use you, and this, is, and this is powerful. And I'm sitting there, and I'm electrified. I'm going like, wow, this is, this is powerful, because I know where they go to church, where they don't, you know, expand on that. And, and, but I says, this is such a powerful moment. And, you know, and I tried to send them a few things to read and study on to encourage their faith and and that was, a, that was a timely season, and, I, and I, I think they missed it. Because the connection to me was, I just sent them some encouraging things to encourage their faith. And it was like, okay, oh, why would you just cut that off when I, I just encourage them? I mean, I sat there, we talked about speaking in tongues, and I started speaking in tongues. I mean, I, I'm electrified by that story. She's a housewife. I am totally electrified that somebody could come in and minister and say, this is what God wants to do in your life. There's an anointing on it. That is powerful. I don't know what happened. And as this sermon goes tonight, uh, I'm stirred for more. And then what about you? Amen. So let's let's close in prayer. Pastor's gonna come on up.
Amen. As, as we close tonight, let's all stand.